We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Up by Adams working inside. Whistle and one. Oh! And T Ferg rocking the rim. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast edition. I'm your host for tonight, Justin. Tonight's episode is brought to us by our friends at Untuck It. Tonight, we're gonna find a way to talk about the Thunder's ugly, ugly, disgusting. Disappointing 125 to 110 loss to the Los Angeles Lakers. We are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Tons of great NBA pods, NFL pods, knit sports pods, you name it. Blue Wire's got it. Be sure to check them out. And if you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. We're there. Go subscribe. And while you're there, leave us a five star rating or else. The Thunder might do something silly and lose all their future draft picks. I don't know. It could happen. Just be safe and leave us a five-star rating anyway. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore uncontested and Facebook at the uncontested podcast. So tonight, the Lakers come into Oklahoma City missing LeBron James because of a cold, Anthony Davis because of his butt, and Danny Green because of his hip. Should be good news for Oklahoma City, who is now firmly in like playoff seeding discussions with Dallas, which is weird. Dallas lost to the Sixers tonight. They were one game up on Oklahoma City coming into the evening after l- losing to a more full-strength Lakers. Still no Davis, but they had LeBron. Uh, really annihilated the Mavericks in Dallas last night. And Oklahoma City had a chance to jump up a spot, which is honestly kind of insane to even discuss the possibility of Oklahoma City uh, being ahead of the Mavericks. Uh, but the fact of the matter is it didn't matter because without LeBron James, without Anthony Davis and without Danny green, the Lakers dropped 41 points in the first quarter on the thunder 41 points. 
They shot four of seven from three and 61 and a half percent from the floor overall. They came out and just flat out uh, dominated the Thunder. It was it was tough to see for Oklahoma City, not because uh, you know the the Lakers were hitting tough shots, but because the shots were easy. The Thunder defensive energy to start the game was completely non-existent. It's not wholly unexpected coming off of the emotional Thursday night nationally televised game with Russell Westbrook's return, a game in which the Thunder looked incredible, uh, absolutely boat racing the Houston Rockets. Uh, Coming off of that, not out of the question that you would expect the Thunder to look a little flat in their next game. I think what was tough to swallow uh, watching this game was seeing the way that it happened. The the personnel that the Thunder were getting absolutely dominated by in that first quarter is not as easy to stomach. If LeBron James had been out there, if Anthony Davis, Danny Green, any of those guys were killing the Thunder in the first quarter, you could have stomached it a little easier. But instead, it was Rajon Rondo who was suddenly uh, – 10 years younger tonight, playing like it was 2009, dropping 12-7-4 in the first quarter. 12-7-4 uh, when his previous season high was 15 points. That's unreal. Uh, <laughs> I was listening to uh, No Dunks last week, and they were saying, maybe the Fountain of Youth has been in Oklahoma City this whole time, and that's why Chris Paul's having a good season. Well, if the Fountain of Youth has been in Oklahoma City, Rajon Rondo found it. Rondo finished tonight with a a season-high 21 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. He almost threw a triple-double down on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Rondo's not that good of a player anymore. He is not a triple-double-worthy player, and it was really Oklahoma City's defense that allowed that to happen. And Rondo wasn't the only beneficiary. Kyle Kuzma, who is a good player, I'm I'm a fan of Kuzma, but he's not been playing well. He's not been playing well of late, and... Maybe he saw this as an opportunity. He saw LeBron James being out. We know how the drama uh, with his trainer has been behind the scenes. Maybe Kuzma saw this as an opportunity with LeBron James out, with Anthony Davis out, Danny Green out, to assert himself a little bit. And assert himself he did. Uh, Kuzma scores a season high. There's a theme here. 36 points, 4 of 6 from 3, and 7 rebounds. 4 of 6 from 3 and 36 points from Kyle Kuzma. And he, along with Rondo, really set the tone in that first quarter for the Lakers, really just annihilating the Thunder, 41-19, to like I mentioned. Uh, Oklahoma City ended up giving up 73 points in the first half, which is the most on the season. The second most was 68 points earlier in the season to the Bulls, a game in which the Thunder still managed to win. So would the Thunder have enough to come back tonight? Like they've done a few times. Uh, I mentioned that Bulls game, but that's not the only example where the Thunder have led massive comebacks this season. While the Thunder outscored the Lakers in the second, third, and fourth quarter combined 91 to 84, it wasn't enough to overcome that abysmal first quarter. 91 to 84 for the second or for the, the final three quarters is solid. Oklahoma City rebounded after a lack of energy in the first quarter, but there still wasn't enough in the tank to really kind of close that gap against the Lakers. It felt like every time Oklahoma City had an opportunity to make the run, uh, something would happen. Uh, They'd miss a few shots that they normally hit. Uh, Guys like Schroeder looked unusually cold tonight. Or 
Kyle Kuzma, give him credit. He he played a solid game overall, but it felt like he hit big shots at the right time for the Lakers. So while it didn't ever feel like they firmly shut the door on the Thunder, they gave Oklahoma City lots of opportunities to come back. Kuzma probably did the best job of any Laker at shutting the Thunder out of having a chance to win. I do want to highlight two guys uh, amidst all of this who I thought had a solid night. The first is Danilo Gallinari, 24 points. Four of nine from three, two rebounds, three assists. Gallo's such a treat to watch on the offensive end specifically. Uh, He has been awesome this season. I knew that he was always kind of underrated as a player. A lot of that has to do with his durability and his injury history, but really kind of getting to watch him on a nightly basis, that dude can just flat out score. Like Gallo gets buckets, and as we get closer and closer to the deadline, and you hear Woj say things like Oklahoma City's open for business, it's hard to not imagine a scenario where teams come calling for Gallinari. So as much as I'd loved, uh, I've enjoyed seeing him in a Thunder uniform this season, I think that there is a distinct possibility that he gets moved by the trade deadline, which is coming up quick. Uh, If he doesn't get moved, I think there's an option for the Thunder to potentially sign him and try to move him this summer. I don't think it's realistic that he stays in a Thunder uniform long term, but I have really enjoyed getting to watch him play this season. Uh, There was a funky moment tonight where Billy played a lineup with Gallo at the five. This is when the Thunder were down by quite a lot. Uh, Thunder were going very small. Obviously, Gallo uh, playing the five against Dwight Howard. Not a matchup I expected to talk about tonight coming into the game. Uh, Gallo himself didn't sound like he expected it. Post game, he actually said, quote, if I'm playing center, that means something has gone wrong. Uh, and that was the case. The Thunder were down big. They were trying to come back. They were experimenting with a smaller lineup. Um, Adams was had an okay night. Obviously, missing Nerland's Noel for the fourth straight game affects things. And that was... Most evident anytime Muskie was on the floor. More on that in a minute. But before we get to him, I want to highlight one more positive game tonight. And that was from SGA. SGA, 24 points, 8 rebounds. Uh, Solid game from him overall. A little bit slow uh, through the first three quarters. But what what I loved seeing out of SGA tonight was his fight. There was a moment uh, pretty late. The Thunder were down by 20. Pretty late in the fourth quarter. They were down by 20 going into the fourth quarter, so they hadn't made any headway chipping into that Laker lead. And SGA just kind of had a little mini takeover. He scored seven straight points for the Thunder, uh, mostly driving to the basket, being aggressive. He had a nice and one that caused a, a, a timeout on the floor. And I believe somebody tweeted that Muskie was about to check in, essentially kind of putting up the white flag. And Billy called him back to the bench after that little mini run from SGA, cut it to 13, gave the Thunder a chance. Unfortunately, after that, Kuzma hit two big baskets and really kind of ended the Thunder's hopes at a miraculous comeback. But I love seeing that from SGA. There's been so many instances where the Thunder players have just continued to fight and not given up on the night. And I think to see that from SGA tonight is an encouraging sign. Obviously, you'd rather the comeback be successful, but successful or not, Uh, I like to see this team fighting, and that is something you cannot fault them for. I mentioned Muskie. Uh, Muskie continues to be awful. He got abused on defense tonight, which is a consistent theme. Uh, Nothing surprising there. What upsets me is he scored five points on one of four from three, which again is a theme from him. He was really kind of brought in to bring a scoring punch, 
but he is uh, thoroughly underwhelmed in that regard. And I feel like if you are that much of a liability on defense and you're not bringing anything to the table as an offensive threat, as a three-point threat, then what are you doing out there? Uh, I, I feel I'm at the point now with Muscala where I'd just rather see somebody else get those minutes because there's not a way that they could be worse. Jacob actually brought this up in our Slack tonight during the game. Uh, why don't we see Patton get some of those minutes? They called up Patton tonight. Uh, he's not getting many minutes. He got two minutes in garbage time tonight. And guess what? He hit the same number of threes as Mike Muscala. There's only one, but Patton was one of one. Muscala was one of four. I'm not saying that I think Patton's going to be a great shooter compared to Muscala. But what I'm saying is Muscala has played so poorly. Isn't it worth a shot for a guy like Justin Patton? Shouldn't he get real minutes? I'm not sure that he could be worse. And if he is worse, that's great. At least you tried it out and you can roll with Muskie until Noel gets back. But I'm at the point where I'm just not sure that Muscala is the best fit with this team. Speaking of fit, let's talk about Untuck It. Have you ever seen Untucked button down? They don't look so good. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. But thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. Unlike the vest that Baisley showed up to the Rockets game wearing that uh, was showing a, a, a fair amount of midriff. With more than 50 plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. I'm six foot seven, and buying dress shirts can be a real challenge for me. Usually if they're long enough, they're too wide, and if they fit good through my torso, then they're not long enough, and you can see a large part of my forearm, and it's not great. Uh, but with Untuck It, I don't have that problem. You can find your favorite Untuck It style online, or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. I know Taylor's checked out one of their stores and said it was super cool. Uh, I haven't had the chance to do that, but if you have an Untuck It store near you, you totally should. You can choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-down, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website's super easy to use, so if you don't have a store, go online. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for that perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com. Promo code BLUE for 20% off. So like I mentioned, uh, the game, not stellar. Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, Ups and downs, mostly downs tonight. Coming off of that big Rockets game, not a total shock. So this brings us to the moment of the night. Uh, not a fun one to try and pick a moment of the night from, but I think there's one that really kind of stands out. Uh, I'm going to start with a moment that's not the moment of the night, but then it's going to lead to the moment of the night. Early in the game, uh, Steven Adams absolutely posterized JaVale McGee. It's always fun to kind of poke fun at JaVale McGee. You know, there's a reason he's part of the meme team. And Adams absolutely crushed him. And it looked like, okay, this is great. With Anthony Davis out, uh, Steven Adams should kind of be able to uh, hold his own, uh, really kind of feast on JaVale McGee, like we've seen Steven do so many times this season. 
That didn't necessarily happen. And later in the game, JaVale McGee exacted his revenge. Uh, He had the ball a good probably 10 feet from the basket. Steven was a couple feet off of him. And Steven turned his head to look to the right side of the court. And as soon as his head turned, JaVale McGee took off, broke to the basket, and threw one down, which led to Billy Donovan calling a frustration timeout. The Laker bench was going crazy. And I feel like that was just kind of indicative of the Thunder all night. They just weren't fully locked in. The defense was a step slow. And a guy like Steven, who's usually very aware of what's going on, just kind of got caught flat-footed, caught sleeping a little bit. Uh, It happens. I don't want to blow this game out of proportion, but I think that is a good kind of summation, a microcosm of what this game was for Oklahoma City. They got caught flat-footed. I think the emotion of the Russell Westbrook return on Thursday uh, led to a pretty big hangover. Whether they would admit that or not, I think that's what happened. I think, too, pair that with the kind of letdown of LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Danny Green not playing, and that kind of had the Thunder take their guard down. Again, I'm not sure they would admit this or not, though Chris Paul alluded to it a little bit in his postgame comments where he said this is a great learning for everybody, the young guys and the old guys, of you've got to be ready to play. Everybody in the NBA can drop 30 on you on any given night if you give them the chance. And the Thunder gave lots of chances tonight by not being as sharp as they have been on the defensive end of the floor, which has been so good lately. So a disappointing game for Oklahoma City, but not something to wring our hands about. Uh, not the not the end of the world. It's one game out of 82. And honestly, in the grand scheme of things, uh, with where we thought Oklahoma City would be this season and where they actually are, uh, it's, it's not a terrible thing for Oklahoma City. I want to get to Twitter questions because I asked for Twitter questions because I wasn't really sure uh, what all to talk about from tonight's game. So I asked for your guys' help, and you guys came through in a huge way. Thank you so much to everybody who sent in a question. You guys are awesome. I'm going to go through these, with uh, starting with the ones that are more relevant to the game and then get to the ones. There are a few that were a little more uh, tertiary to the actual game tonight. So we'll start with the more relevant ones. Uh, at John Edwin 755 asks, Sometimes I feel like the team doesn't involve Shea more on the offensive end, especially tonight in the second half. I want him to get more shots. Oh, and I miss Nerlens. I miss Nerlens too. Uh, he is a, a huge loss out there on the floor, as we saw with all of Muscala's minutes. As we've seen over the last four games, uh, Nerlens is sorely missed. As for your question about Shea, I think the most challenging thing I have with this Thunder roster is Schroeder's shot volume. I was worried coming into the season that it would be Chris Paul who would not be deferring to Shea enough, but that has not been the case. It's really been Schroeder. Schroeder shoots at a very high volume. He had 15 shots tonight, which is actually not uh, super high for him, but on a night where he goes only 5 of 15, he's not being very effective, so those 15 shots are not doing a lot for Oklahoma City. Uh, There's a lot of possessions where I feel like Schroeder kind of gets tunnel vision. He's looking for his own shot. He's not finding others. Whereas on the flip side, Chris Paul, uh, he throws the most number of passes to Shea of anybody on the team. So while I think Chris Paul does a great job of getting Shea involved, I think Schroeder has a tendency to kind of look for himself uh, more often than he looks for Shea. And I think that has a big effect on it. At Black Dolphin 5 asks, why are Thunder fans suddenly thinking the same way champions are bust this season? Why can't we go back to enjoying the games? 
Well, this is uh, the double-edged sword of having expectations. <laughs> I think I, I covered the first Thunder Lakers game in Oklahoma City this season, and the, the Thunder lost a close game, and I came on the post-game pod and was excited about competitive tanking. It was exactly what we wanted. Uh, the score was close, but the Thunder lost, getting those ping-pong balls. But a lot's happened since December with this team. And I think we have seen what this team is capable of and what their ceiling is. We saw it on Thursday night when they boat raced the Houston Rockets on national television. And when you see the Thunder putting out the best record in the NBA uh, since mid-November, it's tough not to get expectations. I think you couple that with the announcements, the roster announcements for the Lakers coming into the game, what LA was missing, and there were some definite expectations that this should be a win for the Thunder. This should be an easy victory, another chance for them to climb up the Western Conference standings. Now, I will say this. I do think that we need to temper expectations uh, as we watch this Thunder team because it's a balance. While I think we've seen what this team's ceiling is, I do think that there is a uh, fall to reality a little bit. I think they've overachieved at points this season, and I don't think that's a shock to anybody. But I also think... This season's a lot of fun and not having the pressure of expectations of championship or bust like you're talking about, that is, that's been refreshing as somebody watching this team versus the last few seasons where every loss, uh, a loss like this would have been devastating last season. Playing the Lakers with their top guys out, if the Thunder had come out and lost in the last two years, which they did very often, uh, it was painful. This year, it's not as painful. Uh, I think that helps things. Uh, a quote kind of came to mind in recent weeks. Uh, it's from The Office, where Andy Bernard says, uh, I wish you knew, I wish there was a way to know when you were in the good old days before they were over. And while that quote popped into my head, thinking about Russ and kind of the first iteration of the Thunder and what it was like back then with the, all those finals runs and all the success they had, I do kind of think there's something uh, magical about this Thunder team with Chris Paul, with Gallinari, with the young SGA, with Steven Adams, that we're going to look back pretty fondly on. We're going to look back at this time of the Thunder fondly. This is going to be a fun year. Uh, if they make the playoffs and they're able to make some noise, this is going to be a season, while not a championship contending season, this will be a season that Thunder fans will look back fondly on. So I'd encourage everybody to remember that, uh, that this is a fun season and a special season and one that I think Thunder fans will remember for a long time. At Bald Heed asks, how much does Kuzma's three-point percentage plummet by when we trade for him? <laughs> well, he was four of six tonight, so I don't think he's going to be shooting 80%, uh, no matter what team he's playing for. But I, I did make the joke as well on Twitter about Kuzma putting on a tryout for Presti tonight. Uh, he certainly had one of his best games of the season. Uh, I don't think he's an actual realistic trade target, but you never know if uh, GM LeBron James gets an itchy trigger finger close to the deadline. Uh, I, I could see it happen. Uh, crazier things have happened before the trade deadline. That is for sure. At MK42400 asks, when do we think Nerlens will be back? The official word is that there's no timetable, but also no setbacks. That comes from Billy Donovan. He's missed four straight games. Uh, the an ankle injury like this typically 
kind of a two-ish week recovery, depending on severity. Uh, I think he's probably got a couple more games for sure that he won't be back. Uh, after that, hopefully we start hearing a more definite kind of expectation as when we might see Nerlens. But I would hope by either late next week or the following week that Noel gets back to the lineup. My favorite handle, at SmellyFartBox88, asks, Discuss any positive takeaways you got from this game. Mine would just be how Shea tried to take over and fought till the end. Kid has heart and doesn't give up. I hit on that as well. I think seeing Shea fight, scoring seven straight points late in the game to cut it to 13, I think that's a positive sign. Uh, It's encouraging to see him uh, continuing to give it his all to get to the basket and try to get Oklahoma City back in the game. Uh, I also mentioned Danilo Gallinari having a pretty solid game. Other than that, it gets a little tougher. If you look at the week as a whole, though, I think a positive is Oklahoma City went 2-2 two and two on the week. This is a week that easily could have been 1-3. and three. Um, Getting that win against Houston, I think, is not, not one I, I penciled them in for heading into the week. Uh, maybe if you had told me the Lakers would be without LeBron and Davis and Green, I might have penciled that one in as a win and said the Thunder had a chance to go 2-2. Two and two. But I think 1-3 and three was very realistic. Uh, and wouldn't have been a total surprise. So going two and two, I think is a success and you have to kind of pull back and look at the season in chunks rather than single games. Uh, and I think that that gives it some much needed kind of balanced perspective. Our own Taylor at Taylor underscore P 15 asks after seeing this season, city edition uniforms Thursday night, where do they rank so far in your favorite thunder uniform? This is a great question. Uh, if you guys don't know, I'm on Twitter at OKC Tracker. Uh, I'm all into the uniforms and all that kind of stuff. I actually just did a super fun poll of Thunder uniform of the decade where I set up a bracket and everybody voted on what their favorite Thunder uniform from the last 10 years was. Super fun to see what everybody liked. I, after seeing the City Edition uniforms on court, I really liked them. Uh, I thought they looked slick, but... I don't know that I loved them as much as everyone else seemed to. Uh, I saw a ton of people saying it was their favorite Thunder uniform ever. I don't think I'm there. Uh, I think it, it, it looks really nice. I think the, the black or the dark gray and gold color scheme is a solid look. Feels a lot more fitting for Thunder. While I'm a big fan of the light blue uh, color scheme that they typically wear, I think the, the dark gray and gold Feels a little bit more like storm clouds and lightning. Uh, maybe fits a little better. Kind of aligns with the rumored Barons color scheme. If you remember back when, uh, before the Thunder name was settled on, back when they were talking about different proposed names, the Barons uh, concept that we never got to see the light of day really came back into play. As far as the ranking, I think if I had to rank my personal favorite Thunder uniforms, I think i go one the Navy Statement uniforms they had the last two years. Two, the teal Native American-inspired city uniforms from last season. Uh, I would not be shocked to see those make a comeback next season, replacing the Memorial City uniforms from this year and returning for the Thunder next year. I think they were so popular, the Thunder could just print money with merchandise from those. So I wouldn't be surprised to see those make a return. Three, I'm going to go with this year's orange statement uniforms. I love the way the light blue pops off the orange. 
Uh, I just think that that mark that's on the old Navy statements and the current orange statements is the best word mark Oklahoma City's ever had. I think they should build their entire identity around it. I think those uniforms are tops. Four, I'd put their current icon uniforms. I love the Thunder Blue uniforms. I always have. I think the updates they made to them this year are fantastic. I think they improved them in every way. The Thunder on the chest versus Oklahoma City is always going to look better, in my opinion. So I'm a fan of those. Five, I'm going to go with a dark horse and go with the orange earned uniforms from last season. So unlike this year's with the the light blue and the white outlines on the chest, uh, last year's had navy blue. It didn't quite uh, have as much vibrancy as this year's, but I think, again, for all the reasons, for that being my favorite word mark that Oklahoma City's ever had, that one's got to be in my top five. And then... I think at six is where I'd put the new city edition uniforms. Definitely still in a in the top tier of Thunder uniforms all time, but not my favorite. Uh, I think it's a great look. I love what they stand for, the symbolism. Uh, it's hard to not get emotional thinking about what this means. Some of the stories that I've read from people who were directly related to that tragedy and hearing what this uniform means to, means to them, hearing how the players reacted to them, how much they liked it. I love all of that kind of stuff. Uh, So I I have them just outside the top five at number six. Last question here, uh, the least Thunder related, but uh, one of the most fun. At Hunter Harjo7 asks, who you got winning Jeopardy greatest of all time? If you haven't been watching Jeopardy greatest of all time, shame on you. Uh, I love Jeopardy. My wife makes fun of me. She hates it. I love sitting at home and trying to feel smart, but ultimately feeling dumb watching Jeopardy. Seeing these guys compete is incredible. Uh, I think the next episode comes on Tuesday. Uh, My pick, I'm going with the OG, the original GOAT, Ken Jennings. Uh, He may, he joked about (laughs) maybe not having a chance because his, his run of greatness was 15 years ago. So he's, he's got the father time working against him, but I'm going with Ken Jennings uh, to win it all. That's my pick. That'll do it for tonight. Thank you so much for checking us out. Thanks for checking out our post-game podcast. Like I mentioned, if you don't already, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We've got a new group podcast recording uh, tomorrow night, Sunday night for y'all. That'll be in your feeds early Monday morning. So get excited for that. As always, we will have post-game podcasts after every game for you. Thunder have a lot of games this month. Uh, I don't think they go a more than one day without a game this entire month. No two-day breaks. So we're going to have a lot of podcasts coming your way. If you haven't yet, go check out our special podcast with Nick Collison from last week. Mr. Thunder himself came and talked to us for a little bit, talked about a lot of different things, his time with the Thunder, his current role with the Thunder working in the front office, talking about Russell Westbrook's return and more. That dropped last week. Be sure to go check that out. Uh, I'm Justin. Thanks for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at OKC Tracker. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, We'll be back with you soon. And as always, 